I ha- I actually had the Caucasian sperm. And also, you know, it's being a big fucking nerd talking about like Queen Isabella and the spice trade. I don't feel like there's any like hard and fast rules in a threesome. Hello and welcome. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com, episode 43. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love interacting. Um, we, we got some good emails this week. This week, uh, And a lot of people, like even though I say it, like there's probably like five of you that listen that are like, oh my God, you're going to say the fucking email again? But the the other nine hundred and ninety nine million nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine people that are listening, they never listen to the email address. So I'll say it again because people hit me on Twitter. They're like, "Dude, I got a great story. How do I get a hold of you?" You send um, an email to mailbag at theballerlifestyle dot com. So do that. Also, uh, again, like our Facebook page, and some people hit me up on Twitter and like, "Hey, are you on Stitcher?" And I was like, "Like." Yeah, I knew Stitcher was a thing, and I knew I was supposed to be on it. But you know, I'm not like a, I'm not like a real go getter. You know, I'm like, not, in case you can't tell, in case you're not aware, like I'm not super proactive. But because it, everything seems daunting, like things feel heavy. I, just, I feel like I have the fucking weight of a fucking world on my shoulders sometimes. And really, it's just as easy as like going on a website and filling out a form and sending them your RSS feed. So I did that. So we're on Stitcher. So if you listen, if you like to get podcasts on your phone on Stitcher, you could do that now. And I, what I would really like is if you went on Stitcher, since we're new, our show's new to Stitcher, if, I would like it if you went on Stitcher and you there's a you, you rate it just like you do on iTunes. I'd also like you to do this on iTunes, okay? And, and it's like really like – I'm not talking to everybody else. I'm talking to you. You who's listening right now, I need you to do this. Go on Stitcher, stitcher.com, search the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, click the rate it, rate it five stars. I mean, you could give it four, I guess, but you give it one. I don't know. Rate, rate it, like rate it how you want to rate it, and then write a review. It, it helps. So review it, rate, review, review, rate, fornicate, please, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, okay, that housekeeping out of the way. Oh, by the way, are you guys fired up about Ebola? Because I'm just trying to, like, show of hands, who's fired up about Ebola right now? Because I'm just trying to find out who's a fucking idiot. Like, besides Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She's, I'm really into her, because I'm asking, like, who's afraid of Ebola? And her hand is, like, way the fuck up, in case you haven't seen any videos on the internet. Um, don't stop, just stop freaking out about Ebola. Unless you're Elizabeth Hasselbeck, because I would like I would subscribe to like a 24/7 news channel or 24/7 web feed that was just shots of Elizabeth Hasselbeck shitting her pants about Ebola, because that 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 part of Ebola I'm into. Uh, or better idea, a hidden camera a hidden camera show that's just Elizabeth Hasselbeck being placed in uncomfortably close situations with ethnic-looking black people. Because I mean. That's that's the more scary thing for her, I imagine. Uh, get at me, Hollywood, because that's that's my idea. So just calm down about Ebola. That's 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 all I have to say today. 
Uh, I mean, besides the rest of the stuff I have to say. Uh, topics on the show today. It's 2014 and mascots are still a thing, apparently. Where's the San Diego chicken at? Ted Giannoulis. Is that his name? That, there used to be like one mascot. Well, there used to be a couple. The San Diego chicken, who was really unfunny. And then the Philly fanatic, all equally unfunny. Also, Mr. Met. But Mr. Met's like more of like a B-level mascot. Either way, mascots are stupid. I mean, I guess they're okay at your dumb college. Like if you got like some, a turtle. Say, for instance, your dumb college has a dumb turtle as a mascot. That's okay. You can have that. You know, it's not as cool as the Long Beach State 49ers. But I'm talking about at the professional level. Mascots are stupid. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have – the Jacksonville Jaguars, also stupid, they have a mascot and he's got an awesome name and he holds up awesomer signs and we'll just, we're going to discuss that later. Uh, also in sports, it's long been debated. I mean you could ask Lance Armstrong. He went to all great lengths to be his very best. What is the secret to athletic success? Is it a great training program? Is it genetic gifts? It's a big debate. We're going to talk about it here because for a cornerback on the New York Giants, it turns out that it's neither of those things. His success is actually success. We'll get to that story. Um, Have you guys heard of a television program called Castle? Me either. Well, it's apparently a thing, and it must have been a thing for a while because it's in syndication. And a marathon of it was on for some reason on cable, and it got interrupted for a baseball game, and people got super pissed off about that. And that's crazy to me, but we have, we have documentation. We're definitely going to discuss it. Also, there's a couple teachers, another story. There's some teachers in Connecticut that got busted. They were getting together after school, and they were making movies. And they were making the kind of movies that'll get you in trouble. Of course, I'm talking about homemade horror flicks. Which, yeah, exactly. You're thinking I was going to say porn, but porn is way less scary and way less disturbing than teachers getting together and like making their own Friday the 13th. And also, lastly, or last story we're going to talk about on the show. This is probably my favorite. Don't you hate it when you like go to a restaurant or a store, you order something from the intranets, and they send you the wrong thing? My beautiful girlfriend, Kate, recently, she ordered a rug off the internet, and it took three returns to get the actual rug that was in the picture on the website. Super annoying. Well, some woman, I can't remember where it was, we'll read it later, she ordered something else up, and it came in the wrong color. And it was sperm. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Also, another – we had a big interview last week with Annabelle screenwriter Gary Doberman. If you haven't checked it out, go to theballerlifestyle.com and listen to episode 42 of our podcast because we had Annabelle screenwriter Gary Doberman on last week. We're going to do another interview this week. There's a woman I, – I, I'm interested in people that speak truth to power – for no for no personal gain for themselves i'm interested in people that are that like to buck the system and like to fuck with people who are a little too high on their horse and a little too uh well 
regarded for the wrong reasons. And, and today we're going to talk to a woman named Stephanie Drury. She's from Seattle, and she has knocked a, a regional megachurch pastor, preacher off of his high horse to a significant degree via the internet, and that is something that interests me. And so we're going to talk to her, Stephanie Drury. Can't wait. Um, then later in the show, the people, you know, I've, I've been talking about how we want to be more interactive. Um, people have been sending us questions, so I think Ed and I will answer a few questions. And of course, fancy pop. We will close the show as always with our pop culture segment with our pop culture reporter, Fancy Sauce, talking a little pop culture. Who knows what's happening in the in that area? She'll definitely tell us. <sighs> so done. Talking alone. That's why we have a co-host. He's the mayor of Hoboken. He buys terrible beer for homeless people that don't appreciate it. He's a good guy in my book. Of course, I'm talking about Hoboken's favorite sandwich, Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, my friend? I'm good, but um, this past week, both of my sons let me down in a big way. Um, Playing Barbies? <laughs> well, it wasn't that kind of let down. Uh, Soccer? They... they they come out of the closet with mommy's shoes? <laughs> no, hey, listen, that kind of stuff I'm cool with. I'll tell you what is really a letdown. Um, my wife took my youngest son to some street fair. I mean, when you live in a, a city yes. or a small city, there's just street fairs everywhere. And they're yeah, all, and you're always all- looking to, you're looking for stuff to do with the kids, and it's like something you can get them out of the house, and they're, so they're not up your ass indoors. It, it was great because she took the youngest and I didn't have to go. I think I That's went, awesome. I, but I might've had to take the older one to a birthday party or something, but I'm glad it was like a few days ago and you, you just can't really vividly remember what, who went where with whom. I just know I didn't go with the younger one to the street fair. Okay. Um, and anyway, it, it was thrown by some, uh, some church, and my, uh, the guy goes up to my youngest son and says, yeah. hey, can you tell me your address and phone number? And he gives it to him. The guy writes it down. <laughs> I mean, four-year-old, like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know he had been taught this information. He knows that stuff? Yeah. yeah. And My so, kids don't know that stuff. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I told my older one my cell phone. That's, you know, it's important to know if, yeah. but, but like whatever, but he gave our home phone number and address and I get a call like this weekend during the day and <laughs> guys on the other end of the line and he's like, oh, I'm from the such and such Baptist church and I'm outside your building and want to chat. Shut up. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I, you know, I get the word from, from, uh, the missus that, that, uh, that yeah, her, our youngest had given him his details, and I was like, uh, wow. "No, I, I'm good with chatting." And he's like, "Yeah, but I'm just outside." And I was thinking, like, "Hey, buddy, there's a better chance that Jesus is going to buzz you into this building than I am." Just, of course, it's not fucking happening. Like, of course, and Baptist. I'm pretty sure I'm not in the the demographic you're looking for, pal. But but no. uh, yeah. So anyway, I was I was a little mad. You know, I, it's bad to know that you have a know-it-all son who's getting mouthy with strangers, telling him where you live and your address. And then the other letdown was my older son. Just tonight, uh, earlier this evening, I take uh, the six-year-old to uh, a park. It's actually Columbus Park, and he's just learning about Christopher Columbus, so he's <sighs> he's like, hey, Dad, you want to uh, you know, pretend we're Columbus and explorers? 
I was like, fine, this is going to be a quick trip. Uh, let's do it. And was he, was he like, let's find a couple Indians to rape? Well, yeah. Like, well, where's the smallpox? Yeah, I, this is where I'm going with this. Well, first mm. of all, he, of course, natives, being an asshole, he takes the Santa Maria. So he's like, you, you take one of the other ones. So all of a sudden, I'm on the Nina or Pinta. Like, oh, he's hold a, on, hold on. Wait, there's a there's a ranking of ships, and the Santa Maria is the, the better of the three. Santa Maria is the one where Columbus. That was the big ship. The other ones were these like lackey ships. I know that much. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know that. I remember that from first grade. Like, yeah, yeah. those were yeah. the shitty ships. So he gave me like a choice of the shitty ships. I was like, all right, I'm already a little bummed out by this this uh, make believe game. And also, you know, he's being a big fucking nerd talking about like Queen Isabella and the spice trade. And I was just. <laughs> I was just like, all right, let's just get to America. So it, he's climbing on this, like, jungle gym, giant thing, structure, and I'm climbing after him. And then he runs down the slide, and he goes, look, over there, it's the Indians. And, like, ten feet away is an Indian family pushing their kid on the swing. And I'm just, like, staring, and they're just staring daggers at me. And I was like, oh, well, no, it was, and I was like, that's right, Columbus. Now let's go back to Queen Isabel, like, trying to make it seem like, no, we're, we're playing something completely different. But, like, I just felt like just a royal shithead. And it's like, there's no explaining, like, poor Indian family's got their toddler in one of those, like, uh, baby swings. And he goes, look, it's the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Both of my sons are shitheads. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I like how your one son's just inviting random adults. Yeah, what? Oh, here's our address and then yeah and i asked michelle and she's like well you know they they kind of came they were playing some sort of game like an angry no. birds booth game and like while she's doing something they like mm. guy like leans in and gets the information it's like kind of creepy and then what's the end game like they're just that's going to be the approach and somebody's gonna be like you know what i was thinking about becoming a baptist <laughs> thanks for thanks for t- contacting my four-year-old um okay we need to take well good that sounds like a good weekend ed yeah. Very good stories. Yeah. Um, we need to take a little credit here because last week we had Annabelle screenwriter Gary Doberman on the show. We asked our listeners to go out, and I'll, I'll be honest, Ed. You know, horror movies, they're not like record breakers typically. This this movie, this is a... a no, it's going, against, it's going against some real star power with Affleck. Right. This movie has no movie stars in it. The star of the movie is a scary as shit doll. Right. But our man, last week, our guest, Gary Doberman, came on, talked about his movie that was coming out last week. I asked him, like, what's a good weekend for this movie? He played it coy. You know, I went at him. I went at him Mike Wallace style, and, and he sidestepped the question. He didn't give me a number. But I was thinking, like, $10 million. Right, no, and those movies are, are made, you know, pretty economically, so that'd be quality right. open. I'm not sure what the budget was, but I'm thinking it was in the single digits. I should have asked him that. Annabelle, barely, only beaten out by the massive success of Gone Girl, and by not very much. Our listeners took our advice and got out there, and they went out and saw Annabelle and made $38 million last week. Yes. Whoa. Good for us, Ed. We're kingmakers. That's yeah, what we are. We are. We're, we're kingmakers. We're dream we, makers. We're kingmakers. That's what we do. We 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 got comedian Ted Alexander on the show. Yeah, remember he was he was pretty deep. Uh, he had a ways to go to to do his uh, yeah. that that funding for the, for the the web show, and and we came through. 
our listeners put Ted Alexandro over the top on his campaign, his Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter, Kickstarter, right. Yeah. Our listeners also went out and spent $38 million of their hard-earned money to see Annabelle this weekend. What a great bunch of listeners. $38 million. Yeah. That's great. Guys, great job. Great job with that. I appreciate it. Proud of all of us. Okay, Ed. Yeah. We're kingmakers. We're dream makers. We're people with kids. We're people that aren't scared of Ebola. No. I mean, some of our mothers might be scared of Ebola. <laughs> One of them is. So funny. Uh, okay, what's happening in the world of sports, Ed? What is the sports show of record? Let's talk some motherfucking sports. All right, let's start off with the shittiest state in the union, Florida. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars mascot has come under fire for holding up the Pittsburgh terrible towel with his right hand and with his left, a handwritten sign that reads, Towels carry Ebola. <laughs> the Jaguars mascot named... Jax DeVille has a history of being a bad boy mascot for the past 18 years. Brian, when you hear the name Jax DeVille, do you think football team, menu item from Applebee's Happy Hour, 80s glam rocker, or gay porn star? Of course. (laughs) It's actually Jackson DeVille. Oh, Jackson DeVille. And I love that name, and only because it sounds like a European twink porn star. (laughs) Uh, And it's like... There's so many. There's so many bad names that that relate to Jags, like Jaggy, Jagoff. Like it's really yeah. hard to come up with one worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but Jax Deville is pretty sweet, and I'm I'm just like shocked. I, I it's sort of balanced out by the fact that he's holding up inappropriate signs, right? Like that's the, that's kind of funny to me that he's like these towels have Ebola or like I don't know I don't know like who's in charge but it sounds like no one it sounds like the guy in the suit is actually allowed to do whatever he wants but bigger question Ed it's 2014 right why are there still mascots oh, mascots are the worst because every once in a while when I'm at a sporting event and they have a mascot they get they get in your grill like they think that anyone's there to see them i mean yeah. maybe maybe like the the two-year-old that's not that's just being brought along for the trip and doesn't even know the sport but like they'll get in adults faces and like want to high five or like mess yes. with the opposing fans like yes. get the fuck out of the way fuzzy yes. but man at, at the charger game there's this weird guy called he, i think he's called like mr bolt and he's like he kind of looks like the um the mac tonight guy from uh, mcdonald's yeah. Yeah. You know, his it's like his head is a lightning bolt and he has sunglasses on. Yeah, but I crazy. honestly, I didn't realize until like last weekend that he's like employed by the team. I thought it was just some guy that showed up to games that just liked to rock a costume. Right, because you have all those shithead Raiders fans that wear yes. dumb Darth Raider. The dumb shoulder pads and like they they're, they're like we're we're the scariest. And it's like you're not the scary Raider fans. It's the gangbangers like a few rows up that are the yeah. scary Raiders fans. Uh, my my buddy McRaider likes to go. He likes to attend Raider games, even though he doesn't he doesn't live in Oakland. He lives here in Southern California. That's a hike. Yeah, he flies up. He's got a lot of Southwest points or something. He's a lot of free flights. He flies up every home game and goes to the Raider games, and he's like in with everybody. Like, he knows all the guys, and he knows all those guys, Spike, Darth Raider, except that he calls them by their real name, and they get real pissed off at him. (laughs) 
because <laughs> they're like trying to hold court in the parking lot, like shaking hands. And, uh, you know, like my buddy Michael walked by and be like, hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing? Hey, hey, Greg, what's up, man? And he, hey, man, it's Spike. All right. It's, hey, Spike. Uh, what a bunch of losers. Yeah, yeah. I like, um, what, what's the guy that in your neck of the woods, Fireman Greg? What's he called? Oh, that, oh. Fireman Ed. Fireman Ed, right. Oh, he's, he's also called Ed. Is it you? Are you Fireman Ed, Ed? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I went to a Jet playoff game and they crushed the Colts like early when Manning couldn't win a game in the playoffs. And, yes. um, and it was a, a, a coworker of mine. He, he had like second row seats. We were we were right in front of Jay Z. This was like just as Jay Z was getting big. And wow. Fireman Ed was like like making a big deal of himself next to Jay Z. And he was like, uh, "Hey, I'm the star around here." And it's like, "Who the fuck are you?" Shut up. Yeah. Well, well, then he like he like all little bitches. Fireman Ed like retired because people were talking shit to him at the games too much. Right. And now it's to the point where, like, the Jets have at, the Jets are so sad that they've asked Fireman Ed to return. Yeah, and, he, and he he's said going no. to the press. He's going to, like, the New York Post, yes. like, you know, I've considered it, but uh, it's just not my best. Like, he's holding press conferences like, fuck this guy. Get out of here. Such um, a loser. But one thing back to Jacksonville. My buddy, Tell me. Who, uh, who was in the Navy and had to live in Jacksonville for a couple of years, has, has, like, a ton of terrible stories about Jacksonville. Um, but he said, like, Jax DeVille will get, like, will get, like, major headlines, like, oh, he's a bad boy, he ran over a Terry Bradshaw jersey in an ATV this week, and, like, <laughs> so, like, and he said, but then he, this is how he finished his email to me, because I asked him about it, he said, this is also the town where I would go out to dinner regularly, and see the local weather guy signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the Philly fanatic was pulling that that crap in 1981 on a right. Tommy Lasorda doll. Yeah, it just ter- mascots yeah. go go away. Nobody it's, cares about you at you, all. Yeah, your time has come for sure. Okay, Ed, what else has happened in the world of sports? Let's talk some sports. We're sports show. Sure. Giants fourth year quarter cornerback Prince Amukamara is off to the best start of his career. When asked about it, fellow D-back Antrell Roll offered this explanation for the de- devout Christian Amukamura's recent success. There are a lot of things different about Prince. For one, he's married, so he's enjoying some things he wasn't experiencing before he's married. For a man, that could definitely help him out. For a man, I'm just being honest, it's helping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, with in this day and age with the, uh, the extreme background checks... Oh, oh, there's more... Uh, he's walking around with a little more swagger, which is something we need, something we love. In the age of thorough background checks, how uh, how does a team waste a first round pick on a virgin? Totally. I um, first of all, good job on uh, uh, is it Amukamara? Yeah, Prince Amukamara. Wow, because I I tried to say this guy's name on the radio last week on Brian yeah. Beckner's Friday Facts, and I I the be- the closest I could get was Tony Rockyhara. <laughs> and and that apparently I was I was scolded because apparently that's not his name, but but anyways, good job by you. I'm, I'm a little worried about this guy Ed because I feel like it's dangerous to discover sex at too late an age. Oh yeah, like he was probably so pent up. I'm surprised his first ejaculation didn't explode poor Mrs. Prince Nakamura's womb. Yeah, in the, in the movie, in scary movie, doesn't that happen? He pastes her to the ceiling. No, is that true? Yeah, in uh, in scary movie, she's on top, and he just he's got a lot of pent up uh, right man manhood, and he just pastes her to the ceiling. I could see that. Yeah, and also like 
this guy's missing the whole point of being a prince. Yeah. The name like, Prince. Yeah. It's like the whole point of being a prince is that you have people that are bound by duty to make sure you come at least four times a day. <laughs> your your highness, Prince Rakihara. The royal yeah. penis is clean, your highness. It's, it's time for your royal ejac. Would you prefer <laughs> oral, dorsal, ventral, or the always effective service entrance? <laughs> I mean, I, this guy missed out. He's yeah. he, apparently he 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 watched Coming to America and thought it was a, a training film. <laughs> I was uh, I w- I went to some event. I was backstage at, uh, at a concert and a lot of name drop. Jay Z no. sitting in front of Jay Z. <laughs> no, best it friends was, with it Fireman actually, Ed it, it, backstage. It, it, okay. no, it, it was. Hey, listen. I used to. Uh, I used to work in a uh, in a world where there was a lot of free tickets going on. Here you go, Wall Street. I no, mean, but what, what the, I'm the saying. Ba- now I'm a Baptist. Okay, hey, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I know Baptists creeping out yeah. people's buildings. <laughs> I know homeless men. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I was just going to point out. Uh, I did try to peek at Amukamura taking a piss. Because he he was there. That's your move. That's your move. That's right. I told you, and I I couldn't tell because he was he was pretty deep. He was one of those in the urinal oh, guys. I hate those guys. But it was him and Victor Cruz were like at the same little event, and both of them are very small men, like small. And so I thought, like, well, let's see, maybe I maybe I can beat out an NFL player. But both yeah. were. We're 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 playing tight defense. So. Oh, oh no! So I could I could not check out either hog, but Prince, I was looking for it once upon a time. Such a br- bummer! I thought we were going to have one of our patented um, celebrity sightings. Maybe when we get fancy sauce on later, she can tell us about one of her friends having sex with somebody famous. Yeah, we, we can hope. To make up for you not seeing those guys' dongs, <laughs> but uh, I tried. I was doing it, knowing in the future I might be on a podcast to talk about it. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, yeah, Prince Rocky Hara, like that guy. Um, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm, but apparently, like he's discovered the secret to success. Right? It's it's right, sex. But he was he was a he was a bust for three years. I mean, it was yeah. a huge disappointment. And it's like Giants wasted a lot of money making him a first round pick. Like you, that's got to be just as much as like drugs and uh, crime. Like when you're doing totally. background checks. Make sure he's not a virgin. Absolutely. That's not. that's absolutely true. A cornerback needs to be able to play right away. There's no waiting period. There's no learning period. So Need loose hips. Need yeah, loose hips. That's right. That's right. Make sure these guys have done some business <laughs> prior to drafting. For okay. Sure. What else is happening in the world of sports, Ed? All right. AL Divisional Series game between the Orioles and Tigers last Thursday ran long as the O's battered the Tigers' terrible bullpen and sent 14 players to the plate. Because of that, uh, the next game, I think it was the Royals-Angels, had to be bumped from TBS to TNT. And as a result, TNT's planned marathon of the show, Castle, was bumped. Um, People went crazy on Twitter. And here are a few tweets. Dickwads on TNT decided their bloody sports were more important than me watching Castle. I don't want to watch sports. All right. Hashtag TNT. I hate you. People watching hashtag Castle don't give a fig about stupid baseball. Dear TNT, how are you going to take hashtag Castle off just to put a baseball game on? This is just so wrong. I cannot believe TNT is interrupting Castle for a stupid baseball game. 
Dear at TNT, you are on my shit list for interrupting <laughs> hashtag castle for a stupid baseball game. Um, just wanted to give you the synopsis for the episode that was bumped. Uh, okay. Was castle struggles to accept Alexis's new living arrangements. <laughs> That's it. Shut up. <laughs> um, Brian, my question to you is, how are there people in the world that know how to operate Twitter, but not operate a DVR or iTunes or Netflix? <laughs> Apparently, every octogenarian that knows how to use uh, social media watches Castle. I, I, I knew it existed because I feel like um, maybe some of the stars have done late night talk shows. But yes. like, I... I, is it a TNT show or is it no. like a network show that's syndicated? But I really don't know. It, is it a as a, a, law, a law or medical show? Like I, I don't know I'm embarrassed to say. I can tell you because I think it like came on after The Bachelor or something. It's, it comes on after something that I. That but you're, you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed for the <laughs> the castle part. Of course, yeah. <laughs> During one of my marathon Bachelor watching sessions, I don't think it comes on because yeah, I think it comes on. Came on after The Bachelor. It's the only reason I know it exists. It's it's like a procedural. The guy's a cop. His partner. Is kind of attractive. She's his girlfriend. He's partnered up with his girlfriend, and also he's a cop. And you know what else he is? What? Oh, he's Novel. a he's a novelist. Uh, so he takes. He, so this, he, is, this is murder. She wrote right. Or? It's like, yeah, it's like true crime. Yeah, it's like it's like a new school murder. Murder. She wrote. If it, if it weren't for my great love of The Bachelor, I, of course I wouldn't, wouldn't know anything about Castle. And Ca- Castle's one of those shows like NCIS or Bones or CSI Trenton. It's like you've never heard of them. You've never seen one minute of them, but they've been on for like 28 seasons and everyone on them is so rich they live in a castle richer than the Playboy yeah. Mansion. During during one, one one sporting event recently, I don't, I don't remember what network, they were talking about the show Bones and they're like – Entering its ninth season, Bones. Yes, it's like what? I I feel like Bones is just like it's just like a commercial. It's like the, it's like the Saturday Night Live parody of what a TV show is. And I right. see the commercials and I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. They're making fun of like what potentially could be a show, but it is an actual show. Right, like it's Schmidt's gay Bones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I feel really, really bad for those Castle fans, but I gotta assume that show's on Netflix, right? Also, like it's reruns. Like once they're on TNT, when if you're that big of fans, you probably saw the show the first time around. And I don't think it's that kind of show where it's like an ongoing story. I think it's like Murder She Wrote, where it starts fresh every. You know, they solve solve a crime on every single one. I, I just there's so many there's so many ways they could access this. I bet if they just went to YouTube. I mean, yes, they're on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> just yeah. go to YouTube. Oh, wait a second. Here's everything without commercials. Yeah, when I can watch it whenever. Like, you don't have to wait for things to be broadcast anymore. <laughs> TV marathon. I just want to know about, you know, how how Castle handles these living arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. You want to talk about some non-sports stuff, Sure. Ed? Sure. What do we got? Okay. Um... I'll read you the headline. Connecticut middle school educators unmasked as makers of nude slasher films. The side job of Granby Memorial Principal Dr. Mark D. Foley, whose slasher films feature 
busty bikini and blood-covered babes, some fully nude, was revealed Thursday alongside Sage Park Middle School guidance counselor Aaron Vanuk. <laughs> Foley is on paid is now on paid administrative leave. What's more disturbing, the principal that makes homemade horror movies or my sixth grade teacher who wore the same suit every single day of the school year? <laughs> I I I think every sixth grade teacher everyone has ever had is a full-on creeper. Totally. I I had a woman that was so batshit crazy and also wore the same outfit every day. Of course. Um, these these slasher movies, like I just wonder how much money they're making them. None. Like what, this guy must have been putting his whole. This was like a real passion project. He probably put his whole administrative school administrator salary into this because there's no way these made money. Like where would he sell these? And principal's a pretty good gig. Yeah, that's that's six and, figures. That's a couple hundred grand probably. But. The dead giveaway with Dr. Mark Foley. He's one of those guys that you can see the whites of his eyes all the way around yeah. the pupil. Yeah, he's got right? he's got crazy eyes. Any, yeah. Anytime yeah. you see crazy eyes, yeah. just start doing background checks. He, he definitely looks like he makes slasher films. Also, I don't think he's done, like, what's he done wrong? He's These aren't illegal things that he's, illegal films that he's made, right? Right. I mean, I, maybe, maybe naming his movie... Uh, the uh, demon of Castleberry might be called into question, but overall, like, yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you should be able to, unless in his contract it says you cannot, because it's not porn. No, you, uh, even their full nudity flick, Slicing Beauty, didn't yeah. have any pornographic activity. Also, like, how did he score these chicks to just be naked on film Listen, for him? Like, I, I need, think, I need to get to know this guy. I think Doctor Mark is like. Shit, I got crazy eyes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to take Plan B if I want to pick up some women. You know, because like showing yes, up yes, as a lo- yes. local mixer as principal with crazy eyes, you're not gonna it get any spoon. No matter what, even if you're pulling down 120 or whatever the principal is, he's like, you know, these pupils are just scaring people off. So I'm gonna have to make the Bard of Blood and the Limb Collector. <laughs> And I'm going to go with the, the actresses that don't realize that Connecticut is not the hotbed of entertainment. And think about think about the clout. You know, when a kid gets sent to the principal's office, like the problem kid's going down the wrong path. Yes. And old Crazy Eyes brings the kid into his office, like if it's a boy, and he's like, listen, buddy, you need to get on track because look look at the, the bikini-clad women in my calendar that I'm making money on. And, like, yes. those kids are going to fall in line. They're going to want to be the next uh, Dr. Crazy Eyes. <laughs> totally. They're all, they're all studying uh, to be administrators right. at, right. at high school. He's an inspiration. I'm, I'm standing up and applauding for Mark Foley. Yeah, Dr. Mark D. Foley. Great job. We're all about you, Crazy Eyes. Good job. And I might... Are these movies on YouTube? I'm going to check these out. Moongoyle.com. Okay, we'll check it out there. (laughs) Slicing beauty. Yeah, good job. Okay, next story, Ed. All right, what do we got? Woman, white woman, sues sperm bank after she mistakenly gets black donor's sperm. (laughs) An Ohio mom and her same-sex partner suing a Chicago-area fertility clinic for sending sperm from a black donor instead of the Caucasian sperm she ordered. Excuse me, miss. I- I'm sorry. I-, I hate to bother you. I ha- I actually had the Caucasian sperm. I don't know. This is this. You served me black sperm. 
I asked for the Caucasians. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Jennifer Cramblett said that as a lesbian, she knows what discrimination feels like. She doesn't want her mixed race daughter, Peyton, to feel the same pain because of the color of her skin. According to the lawsuit, the two-year-old girl is already facing prejudice in Uniontown, Ohio, a community of 3,300 people. Nice job, Ohio. 97% of whom are white. Ed, is this woman a little bit racist, or is she actually just a lot racist? (laughs) She's incredibly racist. First of all, for a woman to go through life being a lesbian shouldn't be like, oh, I want to avoid, I want, I want them to avoid the scorn and scrutiny, and, uh, and instead, it, she's 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 turning it around and like just being flat out racist. She should be accepting of everyone in the world. And, Absolutely. And also with that horrible haircut she's got, she's, <laughs> she, you know, Clay Aiken. Um, but it's bad. Yeah, she's got some frosted tips. She's she's got a she's definitely got a men's no, it's not even a men's haircut. It's no. she's got bangs, but it's like shaved in the back. It's it's a bad it's look bad. for sure. It's real yeah, it's like a a poor man's some kind of wonderful haircut. There you, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um but here's here's the big thing. She's saying her 2-year-old is suffering from racist comments. What? <laughs> no. no. 2-year-old isn't suffering from any comments. Oh no, no. no. No, if, no one's walking up to hey, no one's walking up to a two year old and saying racist stuff. Hey, fuck you! Like nobody, yeah. nobody's talking to a two year old. No, I mean, I, you know, Ohio, birthplace of Jeffrey Dahmer, as you pointed out many times. Sure, I still serial feel killer like, capital of the United States. I still feel like uh, they have enough um, civil. Uh, they have enough cooth to not call, uh, not make racist comments to a baby, a toddler. And, th- and thinking of how many shithead white people there are from Ohio, you're yeah, probably do, better off having a black kid. Yeah, black. Do, do we need any more? Yeah, we don't see too many black serial killers. We see a whole <laughs> lot of white serial killers. Mostly from Ohio. Mostly from Ohio. That's what they do there. So <laughs> I think she was given a gift, and she is just being completely ungrateful. She had the gift of life. Totally. And, uh, you know, really, the, the only color problem she should be having is with her hair. Absolutely. Uh, I do like this quote. I'm happy that I have a healthy child. Here comes the but. But I'm not going to let them get away with not being held accountable. <laughs> so you're not happy at all? No. <laughs> and while we're on that, yes. I, my, one of my big pet peeves is when you ask somebody like, hey, do you want, you know, do you want a boy or a girl? Like when, when they're pregnant and they're like, I just want it to be ha- uh, healthy. And it, it just drives me apeshit. It's like, oh, I didn't say, um, do you want a boy <laughs> with cancer, a boy with cancer, a girl with no limbs, or just a healthy baby? I yeah. didn't ask that. <laughs> Assume that I, I mean I a healthy. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a 100% rate of people who want a healthy baby. So you can just stop that bullshit. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Uh, great boy. Okay, Ed, we got a tweet we need to answer. Uh, okay. Wolf hybrid, wolf hybrid Hogan. Hogan? I don't really know. I get the wolf hybrid part because on the radio I've mentioned before that my all-time favorite newspaper headline, it's from the Riverside Press Enterprise, and the, 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 the headline that day was 
wolf hybrids kill mini horse. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Well, it's how often do you see either a wolf hybrid in a headline or a mini horse? And in this one, that here you have both in the, in the headline, only separated by one word, and that word is kill. <laughs> yeah, that is that's about as perfect as it gets. It's, I, it's my my personal favorite of all time. Uh, I think I sent this out one time. It was uh, a, a couple women in Long Island were running a hot dog truck, but it, it was actually a brothel on the inside. Oh, oh yeah, and the and the headline in the New York Post was "Hookers Relish Wieners." <laughs> That's all he had. The post kills it with those. Yeah. That was a good one. Okay. Wolf Hybrid Hagen writes to you, me, and Fancy Sauce. Could you guys talk about your favorite comedies and stand-ups sometime? Are you – we won't include Let's, Fancy Sauce because she's a girl and no girl has favorite stand-up comedian. So. That's right. Let's just stick with stand-ups for now. Yes. Um, and w- w- one thing I will say uh, – I heard Gaffigan say it in an interview a few years ago – I do think stand-up comedy, for the most part, is uh, as in in show business is the the best meritocracy there is. Like you can see shitty actors going real far, and you can see shitty singers going real far. But comedians, for the most part, the big deals, Louis C.K. and Chris Rock, they tend to be the best anyway. Like um, I, uh, Gal- Leo Gallagher, who made the most money in the nineteen eighties, salutes your point, Ed. <laughs> well, no. There is, but I totally understand, as awful as Larry the Cable Guy is and uh, Foxworthy, that indicates that there is a huge percentage of redneck losers in our country. Right. And so it makes sense. But I'm saying that the well-respected comedians by, like, you know, on a national level that people really give a shit about. Yes. They tend to be the best. I mean, Louis C.K. He's very funny. He, he gets he- the... To me, he's like more like my guy was always Carlin. Yeah, and he 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 was like angry, but he was more of a philosopher. Where he would just take big picture topics and sort of break them down and distill them into smaller thoughts to show you how ridiculous the world around you was. And I think um, Louis does, is the same type of thing, where he's he's a guy that's speaks he's a funny guy that is really talking to you about big picture interesting things fancy sauce happens to be in the room she 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 likes louis the best um but yeah so i I put those guys sort of on their own level yeah i like those guys i would uh i will will say i think i texted you maybe a month or two ago oh yeah uh i went on netflix and i was like eddie murphy delirious i remember this was pretty much the best stand-up as a kid yeah. And it, it is horrendous. Like, it is just, it's insane how dated it feels. Like, yes. he goes right out of the gates, good 10, 15 minutes, just, just being as offensive as possible, talking about homosexuality and how much he hates them and in every way, like, how it's, it's terrible and, and it, it's, it's, it's jarring how, how far society has come. I mean, it certainly has a long way to go, but Eddie Murphy delirious. If you ha- have Netflix, just check out the first like, 10 minutes and you're yeah. going to completely change your opinion on, on that stand. It's stuff. true. That does, that definitely doesn't hold up. It's de- not as funny 
as you're remembering it for sure. I, yeah, when I was younger, like I, I was real into Kinnison. I thought Kinnison was really funny. Yeah, and it was great. Now, like looking back, it doesn't sort of hit me the same way. Uh, I do remember once when I was like, I was in high school. I was probably like 16, and I, you know, I'd been out. I might have been seven. No, I think I was 16. I'd been out like with the boys. Yeah, and you know, I might have been at a keg party. I'm not saying, you know, I might have had some marijuana. I'm not really sure what I was up to back then. But I remember I came home and I sat down in front of the TV and I turned on the TV and it was on, just happened to be on HBO. And I just wasn't really in, I wasn't like in the flipping channels mode. Like and really nothing on my body was really responding the way it should. So I figured I'll just sit here. And uh, it was like the HBO, it was like a half hour show they used to run. I think it was called the HBO half hour comedy hour or comedy special. And it was this guy I'd never heard of and he was from Texas and he got up and he spoke like someone I'd never heard before. He was like mad, but like in a reasoned way. And, you know, like along the lines of Carlin, the guys that I really got into and it was Bill Hicks. And oh, he, yeah. he like, I, I remember that was like the first guy that I saw that I was like really fucking just blown away by how one guy could just stand there and talk to you and make you think and feel and laugh. And then like three, three years later, he died of pancreatic cancer. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, um, uh, in terms of, uh, what guys, in terms of, uh, like underrated guys, yeah. The guy we, the guy interviewed for this show, I Ted Alexandro. Like, Alexandro was one of the guys that I've seen warm up for Louis a couple times when he comes to New York. I guess that's one of Louis's guys. Yep. Um, he's he's real good, but for the most part, like the guys who have made it, like Hannibal Burris, that's super starting to funny. Blow up. He's real funny. Um, uh, Gaffigan is is real good. Like huge, hilarious, it brings it every single time. Um, Work, uh, works really hard on his stuff. Okay, well, thanks for the question, Wolf Hybrid Hagen. Hogan? It's Hagen, right? Wolf Hybrid Hagen. Um, and like I said, we, we want to be interactive. Um, so shoot us tweets, emails, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com, comment on our Facebook page, the Baller Lifestyle Podcast on Facebook, any of those places, comment on the blog. A lot more stuff coming to the blog soon, so um, let's make it interactive. Tell your friends, and we'll, we'll have a, just a big conversation. Um, right now, before we get to fancy, um, we talked about it last week. I had that big interview with my main man, Gary Doberman, screenwriter of Annabelle. Now it's time for another interview. It's the Baller Lifestyle interview with Stephanie Drury. Joining me now on the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com is Stephanie Drury. She is the proprietor of Fake Driscoll, at Fake Driscoll on Twitter, and we're going to have a little conversation with her about that. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Did, did I pronounce your name correctly? <laughs> yeah. Is, how do you say your name, Brain? Yeah. Cl- yeah. Cl- no, I mean your last name. Drury. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I figured out the Stephanie part. Um <laughs> Give us give us a little background for for people that don't know. Tell us about Fake Driscoll and its origins, and it, it's obviously well. Maybe, maybe let me set the stage. Fake Driscoll is a is a parody Twitter account that you 
manage, and it's a parody Twitter account of a mega church, a proprietor of a mega church, a preacher in Seattle where you live, the Pacific Northwest. Tell us about Mark Driscoll, the guy that you decided to uh, troll, for lack of a better word, and, and what the origins of that were. Okay. Um, about 10 years ago, this church here called Mars Hill started getting really big and it was, you know, considered the cool church, you know, yeah. just regular straight up Christian non-denominational church. But, um, like, would you say guy, like hipster, like hipster church? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know, kind of the way that is like not real hipster, of, of course. course, like Abercrombie, of course. Yes. Right. So, um, so everyone started going there and they're like, the pastor's really cool. And you know, the, they give you earplugs when you walk in the door and you know, they, they, they advocate getting married. Yeah, the music's really loud. Because it's, it's so rocking. Like, our church exactly. rocks so fucking hard that you need <laughs> earplugs. Like, come on. Let's go to church, right? Yeah, why would you not want to go to that? Uh, yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs> so well, I went once, and I'm like, who is this guy? His name's Mark Driscoll, the pastor. And I was just getting personality disorder off him so loud and clear. And Yeah. Um, so I kind of – I didn't like what he was saying. It was like clearly misogynistic. He was like, oh, my wife and I have been married. We're high school sweethearts. We've been married 12 years, and I haven't done laundry in 12 years. Like kind of just – you know what I yeah. mean? So yes. I was like, what's going on? Was, so, it, was it one of those things where you're like – you're like kind of listening and you're kind of like looking around and you're 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 – Sort of like what? How how does not everyone else see this? Like you you obviously smelled this guy immediately, and it, and it was very obvious. And it seems like it would be very obvious to a lot of people. But he, here's this guy; he's super successful, and people are just eating up his bullshit, right? Yeah, but I, what's funny is I could see how they would get snowed by it because he was that charismatic. He was that likable. He would say enough that sounded good that you're kind of like, okay, maybe he's not all that bad. So, I, I mean, that's what made him feel extra scary to me sure. was that I could relate to how they would get pulled in. And I felt bad at first for criticizing him. But fast, fast forward yeah. like five years, I was in um, a group therapy session with um, two women who were members of Mars Hill and they were like extremely depressed and it came out that they had gone to Mars Hill, this church, were told to get married and have kids and quit their job. And so they were having all these babies. They had yeah. master's degrees and they weren't able to use their degree, you know, yeah. and, and this is just, it was a horrible situation. Because, yeah. So, you know, so raised you, by you, a depressed mother. Can you imagine? Right. Or, yeah. you know, no, many no, of us can. So, no, yeah. I couldn't imagine anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so let, let's just, let's slow it down. Let's reset. A little bit. So you go, you go to this guy's church ten years ago, and you're like, look around. You're like, well, this guy's a sham, or you know what? Not, not necessarily that. He's he's has a bad message, and you, you're not into it. And then five years, and you think, wow, this could affect people negatively. And then five years later, you're somewhere, and you see firsthand that what this guy's done has affected people in a in a negative way. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and what'd you do then? Um, I was so pissed and, you know, I got to know these women and part of group ther- therapy was you cry with them and, you know, like I was yes. really feeling it and I was like really, you know, flashing back to my own childhood, depressed mom, you know, yeah. um, spiritual abuse being told you have to do this or God will be mad. And so Ooh, yeah. I have like, um, I have an hour commute each way into downtown Seattle. Uh-huh. And so this was around the time I was getting on Twitter and I was looking, I figured out what parody accounts were and I was like, oh, I totally know Mark Driscoll's voice. I could just make one. 
one for him because yeah. it's legal. You know, what better way to piss them off? And sure enough, within like the first week, I get like an, a legalese filled email from them that was super official and <laughs> saying all this stuff. Like, you're, I guess you're allowed to do this, but you know, here are the rules. And then the rule, the only rule they listed was that it have to be absolutely clear that it says sure. that it's a fake account. And I'm like, it's called fake Driscoll, you weirdos. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were just so paranoid, clearly, you know, so. It's, uh, so you, so you hadn't even tweeted that much. I mean, it was a no. relatively new <laughs> thing and th- this guy's rabbit ears were up. He was exactly. aware, like, like all preachers should be worried about their standing in the community or, or should be worried that somebody's going to come after them for simply preaching the word of God. He was ready and prepared and he sort of yeah. sent you a, a cease and desist, but it said, well, we can't really make you cease and desist, but just make sure no one really thinks you're me. Yeah, so I, I put that in the Twitter bio yeah. <laughs> that they did that. So yeah. um, over the years, like, you know, they people get mad at me. You know, Mars Hill defenders would come and, you know, it's kind of excellent because then you know that you're, you're kind of doing something that makes them worry. And then um, two or three years ago, my husband was in um, a documentary about Blackjack. And the Mars Hill was going to screen it at one of their locations because it's cool. You know, they're relevant. They're trying to be these cool hipster. A documentary about the the casino game, Blackjack? They were going to – yeah, he plays professional Blackjack. Really? Yeah. and um, he's a Yeah, he's a professional card counter. It's based on the MIT team. Right. So um, it's streaming on Netflix. It's called Holy Rollers, um, the true story of Count – Card counting Christians. And oh, so yeah. the So the thing is kind of like these guys are all Christians who do this edgy whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. is it okay to be doing this? So Mars Hill is all over that. And they're like, we're going to have him speak. Um, you know, David, do you want to come speak after we do um, the screening at our location down here in downtown Seattle? Um, after we, we show it, you can come up and do a Q&A. So he was all set to do that. Then the day before, they found out that he was married to me. And yeah. they disinvited him from the screening and banned him from all the Mars Hill campuses on account of being married to me. Um, I'm surprised that, that it took them that long. To fa- they got the invite out and everything, mm-hmm. and, and they had to rescind it. Yeah, that was pretty excellent. Yeah, so that this, is awesome. This local paper here like was all over that. You know, They hate Mark Driscoll, and so they're like, ha-ha, they're so paranoid that they disinvited him. So, so but, but at the time, he was, he was still like rolling. Like This has been a, a long time that you've sort of been this guy's – I don't want to say nemesis because <laughs> I feel like it's not it's, – it's, it's a, maybe a passion for you, but it's something, it's something that you have fun with sort of tearing this guy down, and mm-hmm. it's, it's had an effect, hasn't it? I hope so. Uh, yeah, because he's coming to, like, they had um, a lot of internal stuff has gotten leaked recently. And I, I think it just comes from people who are on the inside who start to finally realize, okay, this is messed up and um, kind of come forward with it. But it's, you know, cult mentality, so it's hard to break out of. So I, I would hope I had a little bit to do with some of that. Yeah. So, well, talk a little bit more about, like, it's not like you just singled out, like, he. You went, you saw him, you saw him preach, and you you got a sort of a misogynistic, sort of a weird vibe from him. But Mm -hmm. give us a little bit more about what what his message is. Um, His message was very much, um, you suck, you know, but for the grace of God, you are, you know, you just are inherently a sucky person. And it's kind of Calvinist. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Presbyterian John Calvin stuff. And I, and I think John Calvin was a total dick. So anyway, it's kind of like you're inherently worthless. And I think that he, you know, makes people really believe this to where they keep coming back and they're like, Oh God is so, 
God is so nice to be nice to me. And, and I think it's just this low self-esteem kind of cultivated in these people to where they give so much money. You know, I think yes. their, their overall poll was like 200 million worldwide last year. I Crazy. think you, you'd have to look it up. But yeah. I mean, and it's just grow. It was one of the most rapidly growing churches in the North, in North America, I think yeah. for the last 10 years. And, um, it just having attended, I can just feel the cult of personality thing. And they have signs on the doors that say no inflammatory shirts, yeah. um, no protesters allowed. And they have security, uh-huh. RSL security team. Like that, that's what kind of church is that, you know? So. Well, what, I mean, he had 15 campuses, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, apparently it's in God's plan to make him extremely wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what Jesus said. You right, know? <laughs> right, and, that, and that's one. That's one of my favorite fake Driscoll tweets. Is it's? Uh, I'll read the tweet. It's been a tough season for Mars Hill, but God's plan is for you to be inferior to your husband, and for your husband to be inferior to me. Which I thought was great because that's sort of his message is that you're all flawed, but you don't have to be flawed as long as you find God, but only through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a at the top of the food chain some in some sick way so right um there's just something really sinister and I'll, I, i'm obsessed with jonestown documentaries yeah. and i just see so many parallels between him and jim jones i, I just don't know what it is yeah. even david koresh there's something there so right well that, that's definitely yeah i feel like those guys are sort of cut from the same cloth like any anybody that wants to be a sort of a, a divine communicator with god that says hey you need i can get you closer to god you got you got to come to me like there there's something in there's there's a sociopathic element to that i think mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. it's it but it seems like things aren't going as well for mark driscoll these days and it seems like you might have had an effect on that what's going on now um the last i heard he was taking a six-week break because um he he had been in question starting around spring i believe because he had he had used the church's money to buy like two hundred thousand copies of his own book to get (laughs) on the new york times bestseller list it was finally busted for that right so that's really sketchy but it wasn't bad enough for people to get really mad finally someone leaked these online rants that he did in the mars hill forum from. that uh-huh. was this was in the year 2000 and yeah. he i don't know did you see any of these no where he, he used the name william wallace the second you know like the braveheart character yes. i guess and um he was like taught he made the most giant list of how we live in a pussified nation oh and feminism is the enemy of every man woman child and god and he right. was like using such misogynistic homophobic language just really hateful and crazy and unhinged that these all finally came out and you you read them you're like he is done you know right. oh yeah <laughs> So he's on a little break, but knowing them, uh, you know, knowing his followers, I, I just look at the, the websites for each of these campuses and they're, they're like, we're defending Pastor Mark. He's let's pray for him and not criticize him. So, I mean, I could see him surviving this in some sick way. Sure. But. Because, because they're in inve- and all these guys, even, even like, the, like the big, like the really, really like creepy ones that from the seventies that you that you, you used to see on TV that were just like so over the top begging for money on TV that, you know, got chased like Robert Tilton. I remember was one. He got yeah. chased off television for pocketing the money and not paying taxes. And, and he's back. Like if you, you could find him Is on TV. Yeah. You could oh find him God, on TV. There was another one called like Peter, <laughs> like Pocklington or he's back. Like all these guys that get chased away, they find their herd again because they're, they're amazing at what they do. They're great, great salesmen. And it sounds like your guy is cut from that cloth as well. 
Did you see that Jim Baker is back and he's selling yes. apocalypse kits? No, I did not see that. <laughs> I'll email you the link. Right? Oh, I would love like, to see oh, that. Uh, I guess you would just have to Google it. It's insane. He has like Baker's beans and, you know, like his name is on all these different things that you need during the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need you need his branded items to save you. And people are buying it. Of so course. It just goes to show. Right. Um, okay. Mostly, and I don't, I don't want to finish without asking this because the main issue is the misogyny, and he has said some terrible, terrible things about women. So let's close with that. Tell me what are some of his misogynistic <laughs> messages? Well, you know, starting with when I first heard him, him bragging about how he hasn't done any any laundry since he got married. You know that that's terrible, right there. Yes. Yeah, but. Um, he said also during that time that um, that when real men don't use condoms, um, your wife needs to be on the pill or something because that's like eating a steak with a balloon on your tongue. Oh he said that. God. I mean, he just, I mean, the list goes on and on. But um, fast forward to the most recent. He said like, that in church. Yes. Oh all my you god. Need to do is Google this, and yeah. it's just all right there. People yeah. like sat and took it and gave him standing ovation. So anyway, most recently, this came out in the rant that he said <laughs> that women are penis homes for men. <laughs> that that's that's their primary value is that's to, what we to are. house a man's penis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he made, he did this big setup. He was like, you know, you as a single guy, you're walking around and you look down and your penis looks looks homeless. And you may think that your hand is a home, but it's not. Like just kind of shaming them for yes. masturbation. Yeah. And then you know, then it goes from there. Right. You need to find a good place to incubate your spawn in a nice, warm <laughs> penis home. Unbelievable. Uh, well, I support. What, what's next? Are you? Is this? Is there an end in sight? Are you just going to keep bugging this guy until he's done? <laughs> yeah, I just kind of at this point, I'm just kind of batting him around a little bit when I think about it on my commute because I feel like he's kind of getting taken care of. There are a couple other narcissistic Christian leaders that I've got my sights set on, but um, yeah, I have um, a Twitter account at stuff cc likes for at stuff Christian culture likes is a Facebook page that I have, and it's basically. Um, it's kind of a, a spiritual abuse haven, yeah. like a halfway house for people who grew up in the church or, you know, or have relatives who shame them for any sure. sort of church related thing. So that's yeah. just kind of fun there. It's just fun to take the piss out of it and, and, you know, just make people realize, no, you're not insane for being upset for people shaming you for this. It's not your fault. And, and, you know, if there is a God, then, they don't want you to be dishonored in this way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I um, mean, I, I like that you're saying that it's fun, but it's, but it's, it sounds like it's also important work that you're doing that you're, that you're giving people an outlet that to, to talk about the way they feel. And, and it definitely doesn't sound like these churches are open to women specifically being mm-hmm. able to share how they feel marginalized or, mm-hmm. or are made to feel less than every time they go to church where everyone should feel the best that they can yeah. about themselves and their, their place in the world. Yeah, it should be safe. And, and there's nothing worse than the place that purports to be safe actually harms you. Yeah, so absolutely. I want to have an antidote for that to some extent. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we we here at The Baller Lifestyle definitely support what you do, Stephanie. Oh, thank we, you. We, <laughs> you speak truth to power, and there's not enough of that in the world. You saw some something 
in the world that you didn't like and you took action. And I'm not sure if you even realize it, but your action has definitely had great effect and we support you in that. Give us all of your, everywhere you can be found online. (laughs) Tell my listeners where your, your Facebook page, your multiple Twitters, give it all out right now. Oh, you're so nice. Okay, um, my main Twitter is at Stephanie Drury. Then I have at Fake Driscoll and at Stuff CC Likes. Um, I, uh, Stuff Christian Culture Likes is my Facebook page. I'm on there all the time. Um, everyone just like is very irreverent with all the stuff that's supposed to be irreverent. So it's pretty cathartic. And I have a podcast called Dong Teeny, uh-huh. <laughs> like as in a martini that's been stirred with a dong. I so. yeah, I caught that Dong Teeny. Uh huh. I, I'm thinking that's not stuff that Christian culture likes right there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, maybe the people coming out of it. Right, <laughs> the, your your penis home, your new penis home can be your dongtini. Oh my God, Mark Driscoll is prophetic. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Stephanie, I really appreciate it. I think I want to thank you for coming on the show and telling your story. Uh, we'll definitely be, keep an eye out, out for what you're doing online and hopefully we'll have you on again. Oh, thanks so much. Okay, I appreciate it, Stephanie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're back. Ed, how'd you like my interview with Stephanie Drury? I loved it. I think anytime somebody uh, challenges a shithead or shithead organization... Yes. They they need to be applauded and they need to be viewed uh, as heroes. These are the, these are the people that need more exposure. I have to agree. More of us need to speak up. You see something you don't like that annoys you, don't be afraid to say it because you can have you can affect the world around you. And and she's proof of that. So great job, Stephanie. Uh, all right, and it's time. There's the music. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. Some of us more than others. Of course, I'm talking about Fancy Sauce. It's time for Fancy Pop with Fancy Sauce. Hey, Kate. Hey, guys. Hey, Fancy. Hi, how's it going? Good. You guys having fun? Yeah. I heard a lot of laughs. Yeah, we just just interviewed Stephanie Drury. Oh, I love Steph. Yeah, from Fake Driscoll. And... Uh, now we need to know what's up with you. We're, we've got all our sports. We've done interviews. We've answered questions. Ed's kids are giving weird preachers his address. What? Ed's four-year-old not only knows his home address and home phone. Number, Ed also, like Lee That's buried hysterical. here, Ed has a home phone. <laughs> hey, hang on a second. A little I've, weird. I've explained a this. A landline? Yeah. I, I explained this. This, this. There's two reasons for it. One... It's mm-hmm. one of those triple play things, phone, yep. internet, and... Right, uh, you just get it, not so the, you not, have it. Not the but, kind of triple play I'm into, it. <laughs> but he, the, the main reason I have it is I live in a big apartment building, and that's how you buzz people in. You, right. die, you press the number six. You have to have it. The number six on your phone lets people into the building. In case a preacher who your four-year-old's given the address to shows sure. up and was like, hey, For let's dinner. talk about God, right. yeah. you could just hit the number six I, and I buzz wish, them right up. I wish this was the medieval days and I could just uh, lean out my window <clears throat> with a hot bucket of uh, hot bucket <laughs> o- of oil. oil and just burn the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about the Sorry. Burns, but Got a little too close to the castle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kate. 
everyone knows you come out, you uh, apprise us of what's happening in pop culture, and we're ready for that. Tell us what's happening in the world of pop culture. What's going on in Fancy Pop? Well, speaking of triple play, um, in celebrity cheater news, Amber Rose, in case you don't know who she is, she's an ex-groupie turned quote-unquote model who was once Kanye West's girlfriend. She is married to rapper Wiz Khalifa. Okay, I'm just... I'm not. I don't know how to put this. Okay. She's um she's bald and she's got a big fat ass, right? She does have a big ass. Yeah. Ed, do you know who I'm speaking of? She's attractive, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she is. Yeah. I, she's I got think a, her. She's got a banging body. I don't have any problem with her. Okay. No one does. I, yeah. I have a quick. So, I have a quick problem. Just, just I want your take on it. A couple uh-huh. years ago, I went to a Snoop show, and I guess it was with Wiz Khalifa, and I barely knew who he <laughs> you was. Did? Of course. Yeah. I did and it for the, a story. I talked about... And you, you were hanging backstage and no, doing wrote, bong wrote, rips and rolling I up. I wrote a story months. about it, and it, yeah. it was called Hip Hop Chaperone because I was the oldest person in the room. I went by myself <laughs> to, a, to a Snoop show because I thought it would be like kind of a funny story. And then it, funny. I didn't realize Wiz was the draw. Snoop was like the understudy to Wiz Khalifa, and uh-huh. it was a bunch of 21-year-olds, and it was so jarring, and nobody was drinking. Everybody was... What? Was on like ecstasy. Puffing. Everybody was drinking bottles really? of water, and I was the only person. What about joints? It. Were there joints burning? There was there were some joints, but like I, I'm saying, in general, at a concert, the kids are all are, on Molly. Right, people are drinking, and yeah, everybody's just drinking water. But anyway, that was very jarring. That I that so I, you uh, know who Wiz Khalifa is? Know, like skinny little rapper with tattoos. It looks like yeah. he's seventeen. He got a lot of tattoos. Right. They're very he smokes a lot of weed. I'll be honest. They're an unlikely looking couple. I didn't know who Wiz Khalifa is. He's but got a it, song Black and Yellow. It sounds Black and Yellow, Black. It sounds like a drink that you order in like Thailand or something. You're like, go get one of those Wiz Khalifas. Make sure you ask for a Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> it sounds like a STD. You come back yeah, from Thailand. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Even better. But, yeah, I anyway, so, sorry to uh, derail the story, but I, so, I do find her attractive. Had a, had a sex vacation, went on a sex vacation with my buddies in Bangkok, came back with a wicked case of Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> my Wiz has got the Khalifa. Yeah. Anyway, so they haven't been married for very long. I feel like a year, maybe a yeah, little bit more. Yeah. Um, Apparently, she caught him having a threesome with twins, which is super gross. Yeah, that's like a Coors Light commercial. Yeah, it is. Those sisters are sisters. Yeah, that means they don't. That means they don't do stuff to each other, right? Because well, I feel like I would. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd shrivel up. I don't feel like there's any like hard and fast rules in a threesome. Well, if they're if they're rela- if two people are related to each other, there are right. Yeah, like, maybe like don't have one. Maybe the fact but, that they're having one means that they don't have any hard and fast yeah, rules. That's pretty gross. It like I'm, I support Amber. I don't know how you one. bounce back from seeing your husband with. I've two never been sisters. a. I've never no. been a part of a threesome, but I can guarantee I'd be the single worst person in on earth at a threesome. <laughs> I wouldn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> it's a lot to. It's a lot to juggle. Yeah, it's like, like seem like yeah? I. I feel like pretty satiated just with one. Like yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm operating good. at max pleasure. Good to know. With just one. With just one specific person, <laughs> Stop. Just one. Stop. like I get, I get what I need from 
just just one person. Uh, but hey, to to whiz his own, I guess. I, I mean, do they? He's got the money, right? Apparently, so. they're saying that his camp planted stories that she was cheating with Nick Cannon. Yeah, that's. Which that's apparently a, that's wasn't true. Yeah, that is a low Because yeah, nobody would fuck Nick Cannon. So we're but not sure what's from a going money, on. from a money perspective, I imagine Nick Cannon's got some good dough. He's got all the dough. Right. Yes. Yeah, he's cashed up. So yeah. if, she's, if she's just trying to upgrade bank accounts, she, that might be the move. I don't, I don't feel like that's what happened, though. I think he's just trying to make himself look better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she. Yeah, she's she's obviously the injured one here. I. They have a, a little kid together, a little baby, and you know she I, just wanted a family. Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I, I have to agree. I'm I'm Team Amber here. All right, I'll keep What's you updated. What's her name? Amber Love, Amber Rose, Amber Rose. I'll keep you updated on Amber and Wiz and yeah, what happens. Yeah. But I think it's all falling apart. Yeah. Okay. Hang in there, story. kids. Yep. Hey. Um. Charlie Sheen's back in the news being the uh, winner that he is. He's being investigated for assault after allegedly threatening his dentist with a knife on Thursday. A dental technician told police Sheen was high on cocaine and flipped out while she was trying to administer nitrous oxide. The technician claims Sheen's bodyguard told her the actor was high on rock cocaine. This is according to TMZ. Um, they have all the scoops. That's my favorite part of the story. Right. Is the, the bodyguard the, was like, yo, uh, lo, lady, he's high on yeah, rock cocaine, here's, okay? Here's me <laughs> if I'm Charlie Sheen and I'm hiring, hiring a bodyguard. Okay, you want to be the bodyguard, Kate? No, Ed. I Wait, when we role play, I'm always the bodyguard. Yes, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> So uh, I'm looking to hire a bodyguard. Are you are you up for it? Yeah. Okay. Here's rule number one. Mm-hmm. Never mention the words rock cocaine. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. So say I'm at the dentist and I just smoke some rock cocaine. And I may or may not. This has happened a few times. Maybe I pull a knife on the dentist. What do you say is wrong with me? I got it. What do you say? You're high on rock cocaine. No! God damn it. Let's work on this. Don't. Like, I feel like the rules are ne- never mention the okane yay. Keep, keep it down low the, on the yay yo. I love Charlie yeah. Sheen so much. He's so fucked up. He's so fucked up. And I feel like he's just going to be around forever, like, doing lines at the Playboy Mansion when he's, yeah. like, 75. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, he's, like, not going to be a big Bridges, deal. right? Yeah, exactly. He's got all the money. So he's never going to be one of those sad, washed-up celebrities that ends no. up on celebrity rehab because they need a paycheck. Like, he, yeah. he, he'd he have to really do some damage to go through all that money he's, that he's accumulated. He's, that he's still making. He's yeah. still making money, earning he, yeah, good he's money. he's on some show called Anger Management, and they gave him a bunch of money to do it. ironic as it could yeah, possibly that's be. That's awesome. So apparently the LAPD is actively investigating the incident. And considering charging Sheen with battery for the alleged punch and assault with a deadly weapon for the alleged knife incident. The status of Sheen's mouth abscesses, for which he was reportedly seeking treatment that day, is unknown. I wonder if that has anything to do with the steady flow of cocaine smoke across his gums. I feel like that would give you mouth abscesses. Speaking of his show, Anger Management, production was recently halted after Sheen turned up with a facial injury that required stitches. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I fell down. I, no. s- I smoked a little too much rock cocaine. He, Who are the people off- watching that show? I don't know. I'm, I never... I wouldn't know where to find it. His rep said that he accidentally dove into the shallow end of his swimming pool. 
first of all, you'd need to be on rock cocaine to dive into a pool. Number one rule, don't but dive. Like no diving. Wrong, the wrong end. Yeah, team, no diving. Don't dive. Like it's your pool and you can't remember yeah, you what's the shallow and what's the right, defense. Right. Also, apparently, according to the internet, Sheen's celebrity dentist, who he wasn't seeing that day, some guy called Dr. Kevin Sands, has bought a mansion that Sheen owns in Mulholland Estates next door to Charlie Sheen. Oh, so now he can just go next door, get some nitrous oxide, and get yeah, his abscesses yeah. dealt with because, in-house. Yeah, because those guys want to be invited to the pussy party. Right. Because he's always got porn stars over, and they, they're they like, yeah, I'll bring I'll bring a tank of nitrous. Just make sure I get the invite. You know, Make sure I send my wife to her mother's that weekend so I can come over. <laughs> Wait, I'm pretty sure you're in, Doctor Sands. <laughs> how's that? How's that, Charlie Sheen? It's, it's not solid. as good as Ed's. It's not as good as Ed's Johnny Depp. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, in celebrity bitch news, I think we talked previously about Charlize Theron wanting Tia Maori kicked out of Soul Cycle forever, and it seemed like it, at the time it could have been a bogus story. But now another Charlie's Soul Cycle story has emerged. The update comes from In Touch Weekly, who claim to exclusively know the rude scoop virus source at West Hollywood's Crunch Gym. So not a source at Soul Cycle. This is But the source says she always arrives late to class with a scowl on her face and has the nerve to ask people who are already settled on their bikes to switch with her. She always causes a scene and people know to steer, steer clear of her. So, I mean, where there's smoke, second, there's fire. That's what I'm saying. Where there's, there's smoke, there's fire. Multiple gyms, multiple spin classes right. have Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Charlize Theron, Theron yeah. being a cunt. Ed, where do you I, come out on this? I have always felt like she was really cunty because I saw some interview with her and somebody said, uh, Charlize Theron, and she goes, like in the middle of the interview, there was a Correcting real question, them. and she goes, it's Theron, or like, like got real, uh, like serious with them, uh, and then blew off the interview. Like that's a cunty uh, move. Yeah, it is. Calm it really down, is. lady. Seriously, nobody cares about your last Calm name. Calm down. Also, like, I don't spin. I don't. I have never been to a spin class. I, if I ride a bike, it's gonna be on the street, like a fucking caveman. <laughs> but. I know from people that do go to those spin things that you got to be there early if you want to get a good bike. Like you, you aren't they like all the, the same bike? They are, but like sometimes you want to be in a better row, or you want to be closer to the instructor, mm-hmm. or farther away from the music. Some people have a real thing about their bike placement in class. Yeah, I know you, that. Like for you, a fact. you get to know which bikes are the better bikes. So coming in and being like, you can't come hey, in late and hey, be like, switch me bikes. Can you go like, on my one in the back corner yeah. so the fan doesn't hit? Yeah, like fuck off. Like that is fuck that's right. that's like the lowest thing you could do because I'm an entitled yes actor. Zedifican. If you're if you're a uh, if you're a, a heterosexual guy in a spin class, I don't I don't know if that's a thing, but if you are, I assume the key the key seat is in the back, so you're looking at everybody's ass, <laughs> right. right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Butt check. Yeah, good one, Ed. Uh, oh, I'm, just, right, I'm just hoping more soul cycle stories start popping. up. Well, out. I mean, it's it's we have two so far, right. and from. De- de- Separate gyms. I'm like obsessed with it now. She's like going gym to gym. Like she's not. Like, I'm like even considering driving up to LA and hitting some soul cycle classes. Yeah, stake her out at Crunch. Up, do some research. Yeah, I can't wait for Brian to be tagged by a soul cycle Facebook page. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah. I was tagged by my gym one time. That's no. all right. No, 
Star How did I miss that? I don't know. He's made fun of me for it several times on the show for being tagged in a Facebook. Gym. I don't Facebook follow gym. my gym on Facebook. I do. It's cute. You won't, Ed. I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to see me tagged by my gym on Facebook anymore because now my gym has started a private group that I'm in. So and any hey guys, did you bring your notebook so we can write down what we did? Yeah. Did you bring around your gallon jug of water so we can look like real gym guys? (laughs) That's those. Both those things have been brought up. Dear diary, I'm fucking huge. <laughs> that, that's a line from Ted Alexander, by the way. Oh, uh, funny. Uh, all right. Next story, Kate. Mm, celebrity crazy town news. I have an Amanda Bynes update. Today, oh. in an interview with In Touch, Amanda Bynes revealed that she is engaged to a 19 year old bait shop employee from Costa Mesa named Caleb. One. Straight from the horses. This, I, I love this story because. I was once a 19-year-old from Costa Mesa, California. Did you work in a bait shop? I never worked in a bait shop. I think the bait shop might technically be in Newport. I mean, that sounds like a border bait shop. But either way, like, how did they encounter each other? And good job, Costa Mesa. He reeled her in. Yeah. (laughs) I'm totally editing that joke out, Ed. I can't believe that you missed that joke. Yeah. It's right there for you. I mean, given what appears to be her current mental state, I was kind of like, oh, she's probably just making this up because she's crazy, but seems like the story checks out. I feel like Amanda and Caleb are in it for the long haul. Like, I, I feel like this one's going to work she's in, out. She's in New York City at the moment with a couple of guys that look like they're 19. The, she's been photographed. Be and apparently the reporter, um, I think this was a defamer story, uh, called a bait shop. In Costa Mesa, asked to speak to Caleb. The guy said Caleb's not working today because he's in New York for something. Yeah, evidence. And didn't he was on coincidence? He was on vacation and wasn't going to be back. Didn't know how long he was going to be back. Oh, I know where this is. Jimmy's bait. Yeah, Jimmy's bait. Yeah, isn't it? It's on. Is it on Newport? Where is it? it? it's on 17th Street in Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. Oh, and their site, I think they've crashed the site. It's undergoing a redesign. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. We might, have to, we might have to go in there. Unless you own the bait shop, I can't think being an employee at a bait shop is a real growth industry. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. I mean, even even the owner, I don't but feel like, owner, is living I mean, in a castle. Own a, if you own a bait shop, you could probably have, like, a pretty regular thing going. But beyond that, I, I can't imagine uh, he's going to be picking up too many dinner tabs. I mean, how, how how much money is there in, in Nightcrawlers? And well, I feel anchovies? like she must have some money stashed away still. Did she have a show? What did, what did she have? She had do? a show for a while. Did she? She worked. I saw a picture I, of her today at like on some somewhat legitimate site. There was a, a picture of her, and my God, she's she's like in her early 20s, right? Or yeah. mid 20s. Like, wow. She's, she's gone the low hand route of not yeah. looking remotely in the same decade. Yeah. I feel like this. Um, Engagement could go the way of Britney Spears and Jason Alexander's Vegas wedding, fifty-two hours. J- Jason marriage. Alexander, wasn't that his name? Yeah, she. Yeah, uh, she, Brittany married a guy. Seinfeld with, guy. With, yeah, no, it was just the, the same, same name. name. Same name. Ed. Jason. That's why I remember it. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, let's hope. Um, go, last but go not least, Mesa though. By the way, right in the house. Yeah. Um, last but not least. Lindsay Lohan, as you may or may not know, is living in London where all the cheap cocaine is and currently doing David Mamet's play Speed the Plow. 
and is being panned by critics because um, she's being needed to be fed her lines during a performance, which officially opened Thursday on London's West End. She's been missing rehearsals. Um, one critic, Mark Shenton of the stage, um, wrote that the mean girl star was clearly out of her league in the show. Whether it's down to nervousness or a lack of preparation, the producers still need to ask if it's appropriate to have exposed her so publicly in this way or audiences to her. Oprah disagrees. <laughs> Oprah would never do anything like these producers have done. <laughs> no. She's Oprah. Uh, she's Oprah. She's she doesn't profit from people's misfortune. Apparently and that, not. And that's a major, that's a, like a huge theater where it was going on because yes. when, when I was in London. The they, Playhouse? Where, where yeah, is she? They, they were when showing. I was hanging out with Jay Z. No, no, no. But I'm saying they kept they they were hyping the shit out of it like huge billboards. Lindsay Lohan's coming in late August or in right. early September. Like it was a big build up, and it was like in a pretty. Uh, it was near like a major touristy part of town. Like it, oh yeah, it, they, they were definitely making but, some dough off of her. Like how legit is your production if you if you're touting the fact that it's starring Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, that theater was was doing like well, it's like a sensationalized, right yeah. you know, casting move. Really, is there any other stars in it? Like real, um, what, like actor people. There's real. There's real actors in it, but not not like namers. The important I mean, there's thing, people like Nigel Lindsay. You know, he's oh, a well-known oh, English actor. Yeah. Well, the important thing everyone should know is that theater is terrible because <laughs> it's like. It's like going to the movies, except the sets are much worse, and <laughs> they might flub their lines, and you're going to pay like 12 times the price, Right, and it's awful. Do they, do they let you smuggle um, beers in in your girlfriend's purse? <laughs> I don't know, because no. I remember uh, Michelle one time, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, got uh, tickets to Rent, and like we had to go see Rent on Broadway, and like maybe it was about... 20 minutes into the, the musical and they're just singing about minutes and hours and I was like this is the last Broadway show I'll ever fucking go to forever they're like 12 minutes 75 seconds 500 hours and like it was just awful and they're shouting at you and they're like you don't care about AIDS and I was like get I'm out. I'm, I'm never going to a Broadway show again fuck this it's awful have you been back? no absolutely not there's a better, so bummed there's a that you're chance. not in London and you can't go to yeah. this there's play. There's a better chance I'll let a Baptist into my home to discuss Jesus than me <laughs> going to a, music, a musical or a play. Ed, hashtag hetero, hashtag hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is that is that it, Kate? Yeah, that wraps it up. All for right, fancy pop. Excellent job as always. I want to say thank you to Stephanie Drury. Please yeah. check out our interview with her from earlier in the program. She's awesome. Uh, I would like to say thank you to Fancy Sauce. And of course... Hey, you're welcome. I would like to say thank you to my hashtag hero, Ed Daly, uh, for all those people, for Stephanie Drury, for Kate Fancy Sauce, for Ed Daly. I'm Brian Beckner. This has been the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you next week. Good job, us. Thank you.